0: Uh, please open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 25. We Our sermon today will be taken from verse 27, chapter 25, verse 27, until the rest of the chapter and the remaining of the verses. Genesis 25, verse 27. And... Let's open up our ears as we hear the word of the Lord. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. And he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another Lord's Day where we can gather together to worship you through singing of your song, singing of your great works, and to hear your word. We pray that you will open up all of our hearts to hear from you. And we pray that you will sanctify my lips as I preach your word. Let your word not return to you void, but may it accomplish its purpose in the lives of your church, that we may glorify you through being edified and built up by it. In Christ's name, God's people say, Amen. Cheap pleasures in the place of eternal glory is never worth it. Now, for many of us, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, in our own experiences, we have all had the moment of enjoying the enjoying the experience of enjoy now and regret later. So, for children, right? For some of you, right? You you guys, uh, for, for some of you children, okay? Uh, maybe your parents promise you some reward if you were to not do certain things. For example, if you were to have your meal now, you will get more candies later. But instead, you cheekily stole some candies uh, before, your, before your dinner and your parents find out. And because of that, you are grounded from more candies. And for some, of, uh, for some young people, you know, you may you may be tempted to enjoy the moment now and work on your assignments later only to find out you are in great pain because with all the pressure pressing on you and then, lo and behold, you get bad marks because you did a poor last-minute work. Well, maybe some of you fortunately, you managed to pull it off and get good grades uh, but that's, that's the exception. And for maybe some, some of us adults, working adults if I might add, you know, we are tempted to buy things with the, you know, with the new scheme of buy now and pay later. Only to find out we are in great depth in the future because we, we bought too many things with this buy now, pay later schemes. Many of us, we are tempted to live for the moment without thinking for the future. It's a, very, it's a very tempting and very fleeting feeling of living for the moment. Now, nothing wrong by enjoying the moment, but things become, things become dangerous when we only live for the moment and purely for living for the moment and elevating our current experience in the expense of the future. Because after that, we live in great regret of our current actions for whatever consequences, consequence we may undertake. All this applies all over the board for children, for youths, for young adults, and even for adults, and even for, maybe even for senior citizens. Our story today uh, revolves around Jacob and Esau, specifically how Esau forfeited his birthright just so he can live in the moment and enjoy the moment, more specifically for his taste buds, for his tongue. And we can also see how Jacob actually lived up to his name of being a deceiver by stealing his brother's birthright. One forfeited his birthright and the other stole his brother's birthright. So if you look at me in verse verse 27 to verse 28, we see a general introduction of these two different persons, Esau and Jacob. They are both very different because one loved the outdoor because one of them, he's the hunter. Whereas Jacob is uh, what some Chinese uh, people would call it, call him zainan, you know, a boy that always stays in his room, okay, with his computer games or, or maybe with his comics or whatnot. Uh, of course, back then there were, there were no computer games or comics, but he was a homeboy. Jacob was a homeboy. And apart from that, Esau was known as daddy's boy, whereas Jacob was mommy's boy. Naturally, Isaac favoured Esau because, as verse 28 tells us, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob simply because Jacob was was an indoor person. And the story of Genesis so far has uh, brought us from Adam and Eve to Noah, And then to Abraham, Isaac, and now to Jacob and Esau. And the people of God at this point, Isaac and Isaac and Rebekah and their family, they are now looking for, they are still looking forward to the promised seed that Yahweh has promised, that Yahweh will bring. And it either falls on Isaac, Esau, or Jacob. But as we saw last week, uh, Pastor Josh uh, preached, the the sermon that Pastor Josh Josh preached, we were told that the younger will be serving, the older will be serving the younger. But of course, uh, all this has a part to play in the larger story, which we will not uh, look into uh, today, but we will look into next week. So please come back to church next week as we hear the next part, the next part. And as we move on to verse 29, this is what God's Word says. Once, when Jacob was cooking, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. Despite being favoured and loved, Esau despised his birthright, as we see from this story. In other words, he actually did not treat his Position with respect. He looked at it as if it's just something to be given away, something to be thrown away. He looked at it like it's just a candy wrapper to be thrown, to be disregarded, to be discarded. You know, as a hunter, he came home tired, and he was so filled by his desires and his senses, because as the passage tells us, he was exhausted. Now, that is understandable, because, uh, you know, after exercising, one of the first things you will be craving for, of course, it's a glass of water, some of you, a can of cold 100 plus, and after that, you will be wanting a great meal, you know, something that can fill your stomach. To so that you feel more refreshed, rejuvenated, so that you can uh, continue on your day or your next day, depending on uh, which time of the day you work out on. Yet, while being tired, while being exhausted, uh, Esau, Esau let the worst of him took over. How so? Now. When we, look at verse, when we look at verse 30 all the way to 32, this is what we see about Esau. It was not that he asked for the steel. Asking for the steel itself is not what caused his downfall. Uh, but when, when we look at these three verses, what made it so terrible was that he traded his birthright his position of privilege his position of blessing for his temporal pleasure just like just like a 21st century motto from a lot of young people you only live once yolo enjoy the moment live for the moment and think about the future later so he traded his birthright, his position of blessing for a steal. So that his exhaustion will be refreshed. So that his senses can be tingled. You know, it is equivalent to, uh, to our Asian culture, you know, where we... Where where the eldest grandson or the older son abandons everything and say, nah, all these things are not worth it. All these things can be discarded, can be disregarded. All these things are of no use to me. I mean, no grandson or no elder son would ever say this to their parents or grandparents. How many of us have actually said that? None of us. But here we see Esau, trading everything just for his pleasure just for his senses now then things things go to another level things get escalated because when we look at when we look at verse 32 and 33 esau said i'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me? So for children, it is like saying, I, uh, I want to, f- I want to eat all the candies now. Of what use is my, is my perfect teeth to me? All, uh, all I need to do is just go to the dentist later, and later only to find out how horrifying the den- the dentist is actually, actually is." And verse 33, it goes on to say, Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. So just as you think uh, every, everything's, uh, everything stops here, things began hitting rock bottom as we look at verse 34. Instead of a stew, instead of a tasty meaty stew, all is got was spread and lentil stew. So think about it. It is like it is like someone promising you a good beef stew or maybe mutton stew or maybe beef, mutton, and chicken stew all combined together. But all you get after that is just a bowl of lentil stew. stew. In other words, they were all just vegetables, carrots, potatoes, and probably some herbs. Jacob the trickster uh, lived up to his name. He tricked his brother for his birthright. So here we see the biggest winner was Jacob himself. Because all Esau got was lentil steel, vegetable steels, instead of what he was promised. Now, why is this such such an important uh, detail for us to notice? Because if you look with me in verse 34, of uh, genesis 25. the next half tells us this and he ate and drank and rose and went his way he ate and drank and rose and went his way notice notice his response notice how he responded There was no sign of remorse, for now. And there was no sign of regret. And there was no sign of fighting for his dignity. Because imagine being tricked. Number one, selling your birthright for a bowl of meaty stew. That's the first stage. And the second stage being told to swear by it, that he will sell it off. And thirdly, which is the rock bottom, being tricked, being told that it's just bread and lentil, no meat, just vegetables. And now, He ate it, he drank, he rose, and he just walked away. There was no fight. There was no sense of dignity in him. That's why the last sentence of verse 34 tells us this. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. He despised his birthright. In other words, his birthright is nothing more than just something to be discarded, something to be thrown away, something to be looked at as worthless. He despised it. No dignity in Him. Nothing, none of it. There's no fight in Him. But that uh, we will see more of that uh, in the next chapter, in the, next, in, in the upcoming weeks. But all of this is often the case for us when we trade our future rewards, our future glory for cheap and temporal pleasures that has no significant worth. Because many times we are like Esau. We are like Esau in, in many, many times of our Christian walk, in our Christian life. Because when we look at Hebrews chapter 12, if you will turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, the author of Hebrews has this to say about this story about Esau. Uh, let's look at verse 3 onwards, all the way to verse 17, to give a bit of context. Now, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 says this, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the extortion that addresses you as sons? My son do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved, when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He loves to those who have been trained by it. So here, the author of Hebrews reminds us one thing. Discipline, which includes pain, which includes chastisement, is not a fun thing. It's not a pleasurable thing. But he tells us all earthly pains, which which is some form of discipline, is God's way of disciplining us and making us more like him bringing us to his holiness so in other words all that we are suffering now all the pain we go through now is for our future glory is for our holiness that we may see God that we may, that we may be like him and verse 12 goes on to say verse 12 to 17 if you can look with me therefore lift your dropping hands and strengthen your weaknesses weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the lord see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of god that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like esau who sold his birthright for a single meal for you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though so he sought it with tears. Brothers and sisters, this is a sober reminder, a sober warning for us from the author of Hebrews to look At the story of Esau and to be reminded of the temporal pleasures and the future glory that is at stake. Are we going to risk all the future glory, the holiness of God, the sight to be the chance to the the moment to behold God, the moment to see God? Are we going to trade all those things? for our temporal pleasure, for our temporal senses, for our current moment. The story of Esau selling his birthright is a reminder for us to consider what is at stake. For young children, Children, I'm speaking to all of you and young people. Your parents your parents are now disciplining you. And all this discipline is from God. It may seem painful that they are that they are laying out consequences for you for breaking certain promises that you made to them. But all these things contribute. All these things are ways in which God is disciplining you, helping you see the importance of, of chasing future glory instead of your temporal pleasures. Yes, uh, some of you might wonder, well, but it's just a bunch of candies. It's just, my, it's just a short time for computer games. What does this have to do? with holiness and the future glory. All these little things that your parents are doing is God-ordained. It is what God has called them to do so that in your spiritual walk, you, you may be reminded to not chase temporal pleasures. So for children, and for youths, be reminded that all that your parents are doing for are doing is for the good of your soul it's for your holiness. It is God's work working through them, so that you have the discipline so that you have the spiritual discipline. And to the rest of you uh, Adults. Well, maybe it's for some of you, it may be bitterness. Maybe the, your rate still is the bitterness that you are festering. Or some of you, it may be sexual immorality. And for some of you, it may be, it may be the finances that God has given you graciously and that you are just flaunting it out with buy now, pay later, and eventually you've, you may fall into debt. Or maybe even excessive comfort, excessive comfort in the expense of your future glory, because you start thinking, oh, Christianity is all about comfort. Nothing wrong with comfort. But things, things go sideways, things go rock bottom when, when we start thinking all of our life is about enjoying all the comforts and goods in this world. Because as the author of Hebrews reminds us that because afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So brothers and sisters of young and of old, be reminded that all temporal, that all these temporal pleasures, all this temporal goods in this world, they are blessings. Yes, they are blessings from God. But may we be reminded not to, not to hog over all these temporal blessings in the expense of our holiness, in the expense of seeing God face to face. Because the author of Hebrews tells us, it is not worth it. It is not worth it. Because if we let our temporal senses take over, take the whole of us for too long, eventually, we will lose it. And this is the warning that that Christ is giving to all of us here in this room. But brothers and sisters, don't lose hope if you have given in in certain moments. Don't lose hope, because we have Christ, our Saviour. Instead of selling His birthright for His temporal senses like Esau, He left His birthplace. He left His glory place. He, uh, he left His glory to came down and came down to earth so that all of us might have a place with the Father in the future. And as the author of Hebrews tells us, He is now interceding for us. He knows our weaknesses. So in the midst of all this pain, in the midst of fighting over all these temptations and in your failures, come to Christ. Come to Christ who who abandoned and left His glory so that we might be brought to have a place with the Father. And He is calling you to Him now, brothers and sisters. And for those of you who have yet to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, likewise today, He is calling you. He is calling you to abandon all that you have now and come to Him that you may have far greater than what you have now. That is the future glory. And that is a place with the Father that you may see God Himself. And today He is calling you to abandon your red steel and to chase after and to run to the grace that has been so freely given to you that you may attain God's holiness that you may become just like Him and that you may see Him at the very end of your life and that you will be with Him in glory instead of Instead of being in a place of pain and suffering for all eternity. This is the gospel call for you. And you have not and if you have not known him as your Lord and Savior, come to him today. Do not wait. Abandon all you have now and run to him. His food. His grace is more than enough for you. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for giving, heeding us with this call, with this warning. From the story of Esau. We pray, O Lord, that you will continue to discipline us and help us, O Lord, to see your discipline with clarity, to understand and to know that all these temporal pleasures and all these temporal senses. Are nothing but losses. May we not lose sight of the eternal glory, but may we keep our eyes on Christ, our greatest reward. Continue to work in us, O Lord. Whether it be bitterness, whether it be excessive comfort and sexual immorality, we pray, O Lord, that you will give us the grace and the strength to resist and to flee and to be disciplined by you through all the means that you have provided through your church and through the people that you have placed in our lives. We also want to pray for the children, and youths, that they will know that all that you are disciplining, that all that you are doing through the, through the discipline of their parents, is for their good. Is for their is for the good of their soul. And we also want to pray for those that have yet to come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray that your Spirit will work in them. Your Spirit will convict them to abandon everything and to run to You that they may see You face to face in the future and they become more and more like You every day as they live, as they come to know You. Work work in each and every one of our hearts, O Lord. Let not Your Word return to You Void. May your word bear fruits in our lives. In Christ's name, God's people sing.